welcome to TFS the season, uh, the Talk Home Society Podcast Network's holiday movie deal, uh, where we're breaking down great double features that you can watch from holidays, Thanksgiving through New Year's. I'm Sam Van Haren, Associate Editor at TFS, and I'm joined by Dave. Giannini, how's it going, Dave? Uh, it's going great. Uh, I don't even remember what my title is at TFS. Am I that One too? of the editor. You're my assistant. <laughs> assistant editor, maybe? Sure, we sure. That sounds often. good. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just do what yeah. they tell me, man. <laughs> like, just tell yeah, me when to show up. It's fine. And you host some podcasts, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, too many of them. Uh, I guess the the one um, for Talk Film Society, I host uh, a podcast with, with Manish Mother uh, called Queer and Now, where we took take a look year by year at, you know, one one gay or queer movie uh, for that right. year. So we kind of already made our way through the 2010s, and now we're back, I think, somewhere in the 1930s. So if you're into queer cinema, you can check that out. Um, and if you're into auteurs and directors... I have another podcast called A Podcast Directed By, where I think uh, when this airs, we'll be somewhere in the middle of David Fincher and his Very filmography. Nice. So go ahead and uh, check those out. They're at Queer and Now Pod and at Directed By Pod on Twitter. Awesome. Uh, so what holiday are we assigned with here, Dave? Uh, I think we're doing New Year's, right? New Year's Eve? Yes, we are doing That's... New Year's Eve. Okay, uh, and I test. honestly, when I was asked New Year's Eve, it was hard to think of movies, um, to be honest, which is weird. You would think that there's, like, a lot to jump to mind. I mean, there are, are movies I like watching around New Year's, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I, is Moonstruck a popular New Year's uh, movie? Is that, I mean, I... I mean, I mean, it technically could. I mean, the thing, the ones I always think of are things like uh, When Harry Met Sally, because uh, right. it's like yeah. the end, but that's not really so focused on New Year's. Well, like that ends up over years, right? Yeah. That's like, yeah. And, so and it ends yeah. up being the destination, but you don't really know that going in. Right. It just kind of ends there because that's where the movie ends and it's a classic for a reason. But like, I don't know. I think the, the movies you chose, Sam, are pretty good, pretty good choices. I don't think you missed like a big New Year's spectacular. No. I'm sure there's a some ridiculous romantic comedy called New Year's Day or something. Uh, yeah, I gotta give could credit. have done, but <laughs> I gotta give credit to uh, Mike Schindler who pitched Strange Days, and I'm like, of course, Strange Days. That's like maybe yeah. the New Year's Eve movie when you think about. It. I mean, that's literally, you know, it's a Y2K. Yeah. Uh, deal and uh, and then also Snowpiercer. It's one of those movies. It's not really a New Year's movie, but because there's that scene, uh, a pivotal scene, where they say Happy New Year mm-hmm. because the train sure. it just went around the earth, like the full rotation of the earth. So, uh, but I think, but they work. But they're both dystopian. Yeah. Uh, sci-fi films, and so. I think that makes a great double feature. Yeah, I mean, this is a very... I was talking with... I mentioned Manish earlier. We were talking, like, this is, like, the perfect Sam Van Heeren double feature. Like, this really... Absolutely. This really screams Sam. So I was very happy that you asked me to be your guest on this episode. I And plus, I love both those movies, so they're very easy watches for me. Like, oh, no, I have to watch Strange Days and Snowpiercer? Okay, I guess, <laughs> if I enough. must. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, Strange Days is incredible, and I'm so mad that it's harder. 
so hard to get to get your hands on. God, it is criminal. Uh, it's, it's criminal yeah. that this movie, like there's so many terrible movies available on streaming. And this one, I think there's like a, a region free DVD or Blu-ray somewhere. Yeah, there's and, a Blu-ray, like a know. European Blu-ray right. out there that some people have. But it's just, I think it was on Netflix for a while, but... It was. It was it on Netflix for a while, and then it was on Amazon Prime for like three weeks, and then it was gone. It was the weirdest thing because I remember this because I watched it, and someone's like, "You can't find this anywhere." And then I sent them the link, and then by the time they went to it, it was gone. Like it's, <laughs> it's a very strange process. These streaming licenses. Yeah, and the first time I saw it was a. I think I got a DVD from Netflix, and it was like mm. pretty bad quality. I've never seen it in great quality, but. Mm. Damn, it just doesn't really matter because it just works. Can I so can I be well. the hipster for one second? You know what the first time I saw it was? Laserdisc. No, Midnight <laughs> Opening Day, Sam. Oh, Midnight shit. in the theaters because I was hyped for this movie, uh, mainly because I'm in love with Angela Bassett. Uh, but that's beside the point. So I went and actually saw this on opening day in the theater and have loved Fucking it jealous. since day one. Oh, it's oh my phenomenal. God. So good. It. Yeah, I mean, I... Catherine Bigelow is one of my favorite directors, but this movie, I think, might be her best. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't that's have said a, it for sure. That's an interesting question. Because yeah. she's, she's got a very varied filmography. Like, she's yeah, very action-heavy, of course. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, you've got this. You've got uh, Near Dark. Uh, you've, you know, you've got uh, Keanu and Patrick Swayze. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of great choices here. Um, yeah, you can always feel a Catherine Bigelow movie. Like you can yes. very much tell you're watching a Bigelow movie, but even then, she's changed over the, you know, obviously now. Yeah, this uh, one's you know, way less films. gay than some of her earlier movies, which is a little yes. bit of a disappointment. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I would be very hard-pressed to pick a best or, like, a favorite of hers. Like, this good. could yeah. this could definitely be in the favorite category. I mean, I think it has some interesting weaknesses. Like, I think it's still a great, great movie. But there's yeah. some interesting choices that she makes that I'm like, huh. I don't know. I would have gone that route, but okay. You know, I can I can see it. It's still great though, and it's it's one of those movies that um, I kind of recommend to everybody. Like I just think yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, but of course, I recommend it, and then I'm the asshole because they're like that isn't available anywhere. How can right. I? How can I watch and uh, it? I think honestly, it's like for me, it's not even a contest. Uh, I don't. I mean, The Matrix is cyberpunk, I guess, but in terms of the cyberpunk aesthetic and themes, like. This has got to be the best one. It's not even a contest, really. And Which, I think it holds I mean, more true to cyberpunk than something like The Matrix. The Matrix is a great, great, great movie. Um, right. And it's got cyberpunk elements, especially in the beginning. But then it kind of becomes uh, its own thing. It becomes right. kind of like a, a messiah story, a trans it's story. Much, it's yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. It's the well, this is clearly... Yeah, where yeah. this is like clearly a cyberpunk movie. Maybe one of the only ones I can think of that is kind of in the mainstream for what it is. And it like, I mean, this reads like a cyberpunk novel as you're watching as you're watching the film. Definitely. Uh, it's written by James Cameron and Jay Cox. And I think this is, if it weren't for The Terminator, I think this might be his best script. With the yeah. amount of, like, it's really, really well done. It's like... It's still got some of those Cameronisms, but I don't know. It feels to me more 
a little more grounded, even though it's a pretty <laughs> strange to say. Movie. But yes, yeah. yes, it is absolutely. I think one of the uh, it's 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 a very prescient movie in a lot of ways, especially when you're talking about absolutely. race relations and police brutality. Um, no, it's and, insane. Like, uh, and, I mean, it makes sense because this is coming off the tail of uh, Rodney King, right? So obviously that was on their mind, but it's just yeah, it's. And it's very also, depressingly relevant today. Yeah, and it's also interesting because it's like it's almost um, it's almost overly positive where there's this idea like if people saw this video they would riot oh. in the streets. And I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, it takes like actually it takes like 50 dead uh, black people killed on traffic stops for that to right. actually happen, um, which is terrible. Um, but it was a time where we thought like, oh. If we put body cams on the police, well, that'll change everything. And it's a, uh, it's kind of a nice thought, uh, but it doesn't quite, uh, doesn't quite hold true. Uh, but I do find it really interesting that Bigelow later in her career tried to make kind of a race relations movie when she made Detroit, and I think this Which handles I haven't it seen. much. Yeah, this handles it so much better. Like uh, the other one, it traffics a little too much in black pain, especially yeah, coming from a white director. Yeah, that's uh, why I've avoided it. Even I love, yeah, I love Bigelow, I mean, but that's why I've avoided it. And it's it, well I just, made. I mean, that's the yeah. thing, but it's, you know, uh, and some of the things I thought about this movie as I was watching this is I found myself wondering, how would I react to this movie if I didn't know that a female director was making it? There's some Agreed. very interesting scenes of gays going on uh, in this movie that if a male, if there was a man directing this, even same images, I'd be like, oh, come on. Like, do we really, right. like, Juliette Lewis, you know, rollerblading in a thong? Like, yeah, for sure. I was like, what is happening? No one goes out like that. Like, this is so strange. Yeah, it's, it's, it is strange in those ways, like, uh, where you'll, it's like a great, again, it's a great movie, there's interesting uh, themes and shots throughout it, but it's like, every once in a while there'll be a scene like, yeah, I can't believe, honestly, that this is, if you hadn't told me it was Catherine Bigelow. And I kept like, thinking, is that James Cameron, like, nudging his way into this right. movie early in, early in Bigelow's career? It's, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about the behind the scenes, but, but I will say that the... The performances, like, I think, given the script, I think the performances demand a lot um, of our two And they all deliver. They're really great. Like, I think, for the most part, I think the whole cast is great. I tweeted after I rewatched that this might be my favorite Ray Fiennes performance. Like, Mm. mainly because it's so different from what he is known for. You know, like, it's very... uh, He does this great paranoid kind of Mm -hmm. desperate performance. Yeah, I think I really like the performance. There's a couple moments that kind of pull me out of it a little bit because everything ex- is so extreme, and sure. I don't think that finds its fault. I think that's the script is so over the top and so bombastic that right. it demands all these moments of as he has the kind of rig on of him just purely reacting. And I think right. if we didn't have the visuals, those reactions actually work better. But because we have the visuals, like we don't necessarily need Ray Fiennes like writhing in the back of a car and freaking out. Like it's yeah, not for a bad performance, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I, but I think overall, uh, overall the performances really work. I think uh, Angela Bassett especially is just oh perfect yeah. in this movie. Like no, Mace I, is one of like my favorite characters in any movie. Like she's that great. Like she's just yep. Uh, immediately she shows up and the movie comes alive and yes yeah angela bassett just yep. incredible and 
and great villains too are kind of two major villains in this movie i mean oh yeah what is the i can't remember that actor's name that plays uh uh, philo but oh he's in uh, he's in like every he was in the crow and michael wincott yeah michael wincott's his name and he's just got that voice the dude could never ever play a hero in anything because he's just got a villain voice and he puts on you know the the wig and the hair plugs and everything else and the man looks phenomenal he's perfect um and he's there's a scene when ray fines kind of confronts him in a nightclub to try and talk to his his ex-girlfriend yeah and it's I mean, Ray Fiennes is good in that scene, but I think in some ways Michael Wincott is even better. Like, that whole hand motion of, like, funny, I don't feel anything between you at all is such a ridiculous line, but he manages to carry it off. And he kind of does that in all these movies. He's, like, perfectly, he's just perfectly poised to play that kind of heavy um, in this. And Tom Sizemore with that ridiculous wig uh, in this movie, which I... I remember I was watching it. I was like, "Oh god!" And it almost took me out of the movie. And I was so glad it became a plot point. Like yeah, I, I forgot that completely. Like, it's like it's so okay, great. Like, good. The whole time you're like, "Why is Tom Sizemore wearing a terrible wig?" It is hideous. But it's you right in the staring you right in the face the whole time. Yep. Exactly. Of course, it's a wig. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this movie it's like uh, it's two and a half hours, but it flies uh, because Catherine Bigelow is just. So yeah, energetic and I was shocked. Because I've watched this movie like five or six times at this point. And when I put it in and checked the runtime, I was like, really? It's two and a half hours? Like, it feels like it feels like a movie that's like an hour and 45, an hour and 50, because it just really chugs along. And the, and the plot kind of perpetuates itself. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is the next logical step. This is where we go. It never feels like it's stretching the, the moments. It feels like, okay, this is the time we leave this sequence and we move to the next thing. It absolutely right. works. Yeah, there's like a good half hour in the beginning where it's very much establishing this world, you know, uh, but it's not doing it in a way that feels uh, gratuitous and there's lots of, there's plot throughout it so you're never feeling like you're just waiting for the you know and plot it, to kick in and you mentioned that script and it's so smart because you do need you need an entry into this world to kind of explain what's going on and explain this rig and all this nonsense um and the fact that he's a salesman and he's bringing in a new client is the absolute perfect way to do this because one thing that will always kind of annoy me in movies is when people are explaining things when they shouldn't have to, when they're explaining things yep. to a character that already knows this stuff. But this guy's yes. a mark. He's a new guy. He doesn't know any of it. So he explains right. it to him and he explains it to us. And Ray Fiennes is so good that I, I mean, you could listen to the man read the phone book. So it's <laughs> the fact that he's giving all this exposition is totally fine and works a hundred percent. Right. Uh, and like, uh, and like Mace's character is very anti this world, so like that's another way that you can uh, she's kind of our entry right. point character, even though that they have this complicated history. Uh, so yeah, it works really well in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. And it's just uh, great action, even though it's not really I wouldn't call it an action movie. It's more of a noir thriller, but like there are some genuinely great uh, sequences, and uh, I pointed so in. Point break, Catherine Bigelow has Keanu throw a dog. Or, wait, Swayze throws the dog? One of them throws a dog. And in this, Catherine Bigelow has a dog at Mace. So, curious yes. dog treatment in the 90s. Sketch. 
issues issues with dogs with Catherine Bigelow. And it's interesting you bring up the action because, I mean, there are a couple sequences that are really well done, specifically the kind of sequence at the very end uh, with, with strangely, you know, you have uh, Angela Bassett fighting Vincent D'Onofrio, of all people, as, yep. the, as the evil police officer, which every time I see it, I forget he's in it. And then he shows up and I'm like, oh my God, it's Vincent D'Onofrio every yeah, time. William but Pickers I will say, I think, I think this I, is... I don't think William Yeah, yeah, you're right. Line. No, I don't think he does. And if he does, it's like just a reactionary grunt, if anything. (laughs) But I think this may be one of her least action heavy movies. Like this is for her. This is this is this might as well be a a uh, like a courtroom drama for for Catherine Bigelow. This is probably her most talky movie. Uh, But she still has such a good grasp of kind of the action and the danger and the stakes. Like you never feel like. Well, this is ridiculous, and I don't care about any of these people. There is a connection. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, like that. And then there's a great car chase. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just crazy that, like, any of the action scenes D'Onofrio's in, which is pretty interesting, but it's. Uh, he's great in this, like, again, of being that. Uh, I don't, he played a villain in a lot of 90s movies. And yes, absolutely. You know, yep, yep. I mean, I think that probably that probably comes from him being in Full Metal Jacket, right? When he kind of snaps, yep. like you can see, like, oh, this guy could play a villain, and he's kind of continued to do that. Like, you know, whether you're talking about Jurassic World or the Daredevil TV show on Netflix, I mean, he's a good he's a good villain. He works, and I think the best thing about D'Onofrio in this and in general, he knows the kind of movie he's in. Like, if Absolutely. he has to quote unquote yep. like really act, he can do that. But if he has to just dive into the action and the camp um, and the genre, he can do that too. For sure, uh, yeah. This is so. Again, I'd say go watch it, but again, it's really fucking hard to get. Uh, hopefully, at some point. Look, I'm not going to tell people to break the law, but right, uh, but there are copies out there. So, you know, it's great. Everyone should see it. It's fantastic. So And the hopes, of a, <laughs> the hopes of a re-release aren't great because now they're owned by Disney, which we won't talk about right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't see this premiering on Disney Plus anytime no. soon. Maybe they'll move it to Hulu. You never know. It's a possibility. It would be great. Uh, yeah, the second movie, uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, I love this film. It was my favorite of the year. It came out, which years escape me now. 2014, I think. 2013. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah. It's like almost eight years old at this point, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> just how did that happen? Uh, so, yeah, you said that this is the ultimate Sam Van Aaron double feature because <laughs> Bong Joon-ho is another yep. one of my all-time favorite directors. Uh, I think all of his movies are masterpieces. Yes, even Okja. We won't talk about it too much, but... <laughs> Uh, Snowpiercer, I think, is just an incredible uh, film on every level. Yeah, I love this is where you get to be the hipster and be like, I liked Bong Joon-ho before a lot of you did. Like, he has since become the toast of Hollywood in a lot of ways. But um, this is decidedly more weird uh, than his most recent movies, I would say. For sure. Um, it's, he really goes for it here. I mean, any, honestly, anytime you cast Tilda Swinton in a movie, you know your movie is weird and strange. Because uh, that's that's where she lives, man. But she yes. is so, like, comical and terrifying. In no, this anyone, like, anyone that did a try to do this 
performance would fail miserably. Like she's like, oh yeah, it's just so finally be the shoe type of proclivity. <laughs> yeah, it's just. And I think honestly, I saw this when it first came out in 2013, and it was I was like, oh, Chris Evans is not actually a bad actor. He's got something. Like I don't think it's a perfect performance here. Um, but he really pushes himself and he really challenges himself. And he, you know, he shares the screen with some truly great actors, great cinema yeah. actors, and holds his own. Like, I, there's not a moment, like, when you got, when I saw this movie and I thought, like, okay, John Hurt and, and Chris Evans are going to be sharing scenes together. I'm like, oh, God, he's just going to act circles around him. And that never really happens. And I think a lot of it is because Chris Evans has a great physical grounding presence, um, which makes his sadness and his guilt really work later in the movie. Um, I think, yeah, this is kind of the ideal performance for a role for him. I think, like, I'm a big fan, but, like, yeah, he's... Before this, I thought, okay, he's a reliable, you know, uh, lead for an action film. Like, uh, he was great in Sunshine, too, but, like, that's a... Uh, but sm- smaller role, but the uh, right. But here, yeah, it was just honestly like, I think this was around the time where you were saying he might stop acting soon. Yeah, but like, yeah, that sounds about right. I didn't mm-hmm. really think this is a really great performance. Oh yeah, and you talk about the physicality and the the action sequences in this are legitimately great. Like, I think that's definitely, the thing absolutely. that I mean, it, it definitely does have, and I think purposefully has a video game feel. Right, you go from one compartment the to the next, yep. and you yep. kind of yep. you beat the boss, you know, and then you move on to the next one. But that sequence where they uh, they go through the the tunnel, essentially, where they have to fight in the dark. Oh yes, my god, is- that scene! Like I. I'm always afraid when I go back to movies I really liked from like five years ago, like, okay, does this, was this really a good, does it hold up to repeat viewings? But man, this holds up like crazy. Like that sequence, I was just like, oh man, give me more of this. Yeah, like, the whole, <laughs> uh, them escaping from the, like running along the pipe to getting to the, them. yeah, it's just very, uh, it moves like a freight train as, yeah, mo- yeah, more worthy as that is, but it really does. And the, uh, yeah, and it's just, it's really smart. It's really, uh, I love how it feels like it's basically two movies smashed together because it feels like with having the Korean actors uh, speak Korean throughout it with subtitles, it has this great feeling of being like both a Korean film and a Western, uh, mm-hmm. you know, blockbuster. And it, you would think those would, uh, but he's a master of uh, combining tones that you oh, think yeah. should never uh, mesh together, but do wonderfully. Yeah, and you mentioned Western, and I think you're talking about in terms of kind of you know Western filmmaking, like American right. filmmaking. Yeah, not, but I think yeah. there's, but I think there's also, I mean, Chris Evans' character in here is very much a like cowboy Western archetype. Um, you know, the man with Absolutely. the damaged past who, you know, is trying to make good because of the mistakes that he made. And now he's an honorable man and he's trying to figure out the best way to do that. Like that is a very it's a very John Ford like character, uh, but slapped in the middle of this dystopian science fiction. Um, and I also love the fact that uh, the director doesn't make the mistake here of trying to explain too much. You know, right. it's just like, here's what happened. Now there's a train that moves all the time so people can survive. 
let's go. Let's have a good time. It's yeah. not like, oh, well, yeah, let's yeah. think about how this will actually work in the world. Like, who cares? We're having no, a good it's time. Very, we're <laughs> yeah, it's a mythical, <laughs> we're on the train. very mythical. Yeah. It's pitched at a very elevated mm-hmm. mythical level, and that that's mm-hmm. what works so well about it for me. Like, I, I remember when people came out, you know, nitpicking about, like, oh, this doesn't make sense practically. Why would they do a train? It's like, because it's a, it's a fucking movie. Like, right. You know, it's, it's like, be metaphorical. who cares? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's like, it's much more interesting on a metaphorical level than it is on a realistic level. Like the idea of a train, not only that's constantly moving because we've destroyed the world, uh, but also that is organized by class. And what happens when these classes smash together in violent ways? And like, I think actually, like the action is great, as we've talked about. Some of the most interesting sequences to me are when they're just like walking through the upper levels of the train um, and all the rich people are kind of looking at them like they're like they're dirty and saying terrible things. And then Tilda Swinton's character, who is at this point, their hostage. No, 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 no. That's not what we think. That's, you know, and all of a sudden when they're forced in a position where they're not in complete control, how people change and how their tone all of a sudden switches to be much more respectful. I think that stuff like works so so well and like it's a relatively long movie but honestly this movie you could add a half hour to it and i would be totally in absolutely yeah uh and the so it's funny that these i think the movies uh kind of have very different endings in terms of uh like very uh strange days is ultimately you know optimistic in its cynicism Mm -hmm. i think like it's got a Hopeful, like they're things can change, but Strange Snowpiercer is very, uh, you know, basically humans are maybe their time is done. It's Mm. I love that final beat of like, yeah, maybe it's okay that we're can't be on this planet anymore because we fucked it up, right? To this point, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I also think the movie does an incredible job of some really interesting special effects that are not over the top but become over the top because of action. Um, There's a sequence where, as a punishment, they make, you know, this man put his bare arm outside of the train. Uh, and then, essentially, as a, af- after it freezes it, they smash it with a giant hammer. And, boy, like, and that is a very simple, probably uh, practical effect, but man that works like it just is and it's everything you need it to be it is horrifying but it's brief and it's everything you need to know about how the upper class treats the lower class in like 10 seconds and you don't need to hammer it home anymore god that is a terrible pun and i did not mean that (laughs) but (laughs) it sets that up so well so then so then when tilda swinton's character is taken hostage and treated poorly there's never a moment where i'm like oh well maybe she's misunderstood like no uh, she deserves absolutely everything she gets, including, you know, her end. <laughs> she, you know, and you never really feel bad because you really shouldn't. Like, she's not misunderstood. She's been doing terrible things for this entire time. And this is, you know, this is the payback. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that the uh, Strange Days is very much like, uh, it's funny that it was released in 95, but it's about, you know, set in 99, which is just classic of like, oh yeah, this you know amazing technology is going to be here in five years. But like, I think it works because of the Y two K angle of possible end of the world and uh, Snowpiercer is very apocalyptic as well. So I think uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like uh, Strange Days is almost 
pre-apocalypse that might come. Uh, just Earth dystopia. Right. right. Uh, but yeah, I think they honestly... Uh, I would never expect them to be a good double feature, but I think it's just because they're both great uh, frenetic films that mm-hmm. have something to say uh, about our current culture, which is great. Yeah, and I think they're also, you know, kind of talking about this as a double feature, I think they're also both in very different ways, but about beginnings and endings. Um, You know, Strange Days, of course, has, as you mentioned, that kind of hopeful bent to it. But it's also about him letting go of that. Absolutely. Of that relationship and being like, I have to start something new or I have to be on my own because this is toxic. Look at the position it's put me in. Um, and it would be very easy for that to be a cynical movie. But instead, because of the relationship uh, between, you know, uh, between those two main characters, it becomes hopeful because they have reached an interesting understanding and supported each other in their worst moments. Uh, and that matters, yeah. you know. And uh, the arcs of um, Ray Fiennes and Chris Evans aren't too dissimilar either because it's very, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Evans yeah. is very much dealing with the he's very, I mean, the way that plays out is he's very hopelessly broken, but right. it's still in terms of like trying to work through similar letting go of the past that you can't control the bad things that you may have done uh, to, you know, try to make the world look, a better Sam, place in your own look, way. Sometimes people eat babies. You got to recover from that. You got to, you got to find best. a way I mean, to move forward. I mean, babies taste makes best. sense, right? I mean, supposedly veal tastes better people than like uh, steaks. Yep. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think that's the one moment of the movie where that is the choice point for an audience. If you're with that movie or not, when he Absolutely. reveals that moment. And I think it's actually a very well acted moment. And as we talked about in strange days, it's a moment that is very over the top and very extreme. So it's easy to giggle at. It's easy to laugh at, but if you're in it for this movie, if you're like in the bag for this movie and you've gone on that journey, then I, then I think you are actually impacted by it much like you're impacted by Ray finds, uh, finds his performance in strange days. Um, but if you watch them in a vacuum, like I've, I've known people who have just watched that Chris Evans scene, like on its own right. and it's laughable. And it is, if you don't have, the context of the rest of Snowpiercer. Right. But if you are movie, on that journey, man, yeah. it works. I mean, you feel it. It does a very great job of like getting you ready for that moment. Like it's if you're, you know, if you're on the movie's wavelength, mm-hmm. that's going to hit very differently than if you're not. Which is, I think, but true Sam, for both it's, movies, it's not but. realistic. I mean, come on, man. It's I know. Just not realism. realistic. <laughs> I want realism in my metaphorical train Ugh. action film set in Don't we all? Futures. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so that was uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, honestly, Strange Days is a movie. If I had access to it, I would make it a watch us on New Year's Eve annual uh, event. Mm-hmm. But it's not. So one of these days. <laughs> well, this is great. Uh, thanks for doing this with me, Dave. Oh yeah, anytime. I mean, anytime you want to pick some really good movies, uh, then you're feel free to invite me on. Either really good movies or movie, movies with Keanu Reeves. Those are the those are the two options. So yes. I was happy to be here for this double feature. And thanks to all of you for listening. We've got one more episode in this series. New Year's Day is coming up. Until then, I hope your New Year's is less eventful than the New Year's in these films. 
Happy Holidays!